What's up, that Metal Podcast crew? It's Wolfman Dave here, and we got a solo episode here. But, wait, 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 wait. Don't skip it, guys. I recommend, well, let me says don't skip either. We will be talking about Dia de los Muertos. We're going to be talking about some of my favorite Neil Folk, Dark Folk songs. And I'm going to be talking about some songs that I wish I wrote. So stick around and roll that beautiful bean footage. So, Wolfman Dave here. Solo episode, as I mentioned before. Don't let that discourage you from all the silliness and fun that we're going to have together. Think of it as a YouTube video with just the audio. And you're going to fill in the blanks in between. <laughs> Alright. So, new episode. Episode 132, I believe. Let's double check. What does Apple Podcast say? 132 indeed all right so here's the deal guys we got a shit ton of episodes coming up i wanted to use this uh take this opportunity to kind of bridge that gap in between everything that we're gonna do so with that being said uh let me just get in and what i've been listening to lately and see what you guys have been listening to lately hopefully something spooky since uh today is the day of the dead technically it's halloween but, you know, it's Day of the Dead. It's going to come out on um, Dia de los Muertos. I've been listening to um, Cassiopeia. I'm not sure if any of you all are familiar with this Japanese funk. I uh, would say it's cosmic funk. The album I've been listening to is called 4x4. 4x4, so it's actually the letters, the numbers and the letters. But, I mean, it sounds just like fucking... Uh, a freaking Mario Kart, man. Check this out. Let's see if I can get it on here. Let's see. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, so when you're driving... You get the Mario Kart experience. I get you. I got you there. So Cassiopeia, um, some cosmic funk. I've been listening to a lot of stoner stuff, uh, sludge stuff to get ready for an upcoming episode that's going to be within the week or so. Um, not going to say who, since they will be part of the podcast. Uh, I've been listening to some of the bands that are going to be opening up for Catatonia in the next few weeks. Uh, Cellar Darling and uh, The Ocean Collective. Good shit. I love The Ocean Collective. I always assumed that they were just called The Ocean, but I guess they also um, can go by The Ocean Collective. 
Cellar Darling, a uh, splinter group from, I don't know how to spell their name, but folk metal band, Eluvati. I'm not sure how to pronounce their name. Uh, but Cellar Darling, absolutely fucking wonderful. I feel like there's, uh, I think it's Anna Murphy or Anne Murphy. She has these vocals that are similar to The Gathering with um, Annika van Giersbergen. Giersbergen, I don't know how to say her name. From the mid to early 90s, late 90s. Uh, a little bit of that vibe going with her vocals, but a very nice, straightforward, symphonic metal. Um, I started checking out In Exorum, not bad. Equinox Vigil. If you're into some old school black metal, check out Moonlight Sorcery, the EP. It's called Piercing Through the Frozen Eternity. Really fucking good. Um, it gives you some some icy cold vibes. How about uh, For Thy Light is Ice? You already hear the spookiness coming. Here, let's, let's forward it a little bit. It's pretty epic, man. I, I, I mean, obviously, it sounds way better from my end, but uh, it's pretty epic, dude. I've uh, been listening to Holder. I got the new issue of Decibel Magazine, and she was on uh, the 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 one-man band. Um, she was on there. Well, one-woman band, as you say. <laughs> um, and it's not bad, man. It's really good fucking black metal. Pretty stripped down. I was really surprised by Joe Lynn Turner's Belly of the Beast. This one's just fucking heavy. I mean, if you want some good, heavy, heavy metal, straightforward, great vocals, Joe Lynn Turner's new album, Belly of the Beast, would be good. However, there's one album that really did it for me lately. Uh, actually, before I say that, let's get into the new Catatonia. Uh, Sky Void of Stars. The single they released was called Atrium. Which is all right. It wasn't bad. It was very. It was. It's catatonia, right? It's uh, nothing too heavy, nothing too crazy. But I believe they're already in the right direction compared to their last album. And I know I was very vocal that I was not a big fan. <clears throat> but this next band um, is a one man band. It's Native American black metal. And they're called his his band is called Black Braid. The name of the album is called Black Braid One. This to me is extremely, extremely reminiscent of Agalock. And I would assume that there are some parallels between them since there's a lot of to do with nature with with Agalock and um, the the Native American culture and lifestyle with this this album as well. I mean, as the creek flows softly by, the river of time flows through me. Um, there's a lot of stuff here, and the videos are amazing too. So, But if you want some really, really good, just melodic, atmospheric, black metal done the right way, Black Braid is for you. Um, 
I, I am going to have a best of 2022 episode co- uh, actually a little bit early because uh, I decided that whatever is out right now, by the end of November, I'm going to just roll with that. And if there's any other great albums that come out in December, then we'll do a best of 2022 part two, the rest of the best. And that'll be that, right? Um, thinking and, and wishing birthdays to, you know, I just had a birthday. I want to say happy birthday to Venom's black metal album. Just turned 40. The dirty. Actually, I don't know what is 40. <laughs> I don't know what you would say. Dirty 30, but I don't know about, about 40. Um, let's see what else came out in. Who else is turning 40? Judas Priest screaming for vengeance. Under the Blade by Twisted Sister, Number the Beast, Iron Maiden, Scorpions Blackout, Accept, Restless and Wild, Motorhead, Iron Fist, Witchfinder General, Death Penalty, uh, Metal on Metal, Anvil, uh, Battle Hymns from Manowar, and many, many, many more, of course, Borrowed Time from Diamond Head, um. Yeah. So there's a crap ton of albums. Happy birthday to you all. Uh, but specifically today, came out to the day, Venom's black metal, um, landmark album. Um, I know, I have, <laughs> I tease them a lot, but hey, whatever. Get credit to where credit is due. Um. But before we get into our topics, what I was going to get into, or um, I guess let me let me be more, um, let me talk about the Dia de los Muertos. We're going to talk about some people that we are going to give tribute to who we miss, um, especially with um, some metal artists that we've lost. And let's just say hello and what's up to them since we're have not forgotten them. We have not forgotten them. So that's what that part is going to be about. And then we're going to get into songs that I wish I had wrote. These three songs are going to be songs that I really wish for whatever reason I had that, you know, the moment of when I was playing guitar, like, ah, oh, I wish I would have fucking wrote that. Uh, and then I'm going to get into some, neo-folk bands that I think are worth mentioning and I think worth talking about, especially because it's, it was it was a huge influence on me musically and what I was writing in the past. I haven't really done much lately. Um, I think the time that I, I'm, I'm using it more for podcasting versus writing music, so... Um, but it, it gives you an inside view of what I, at least what I'm talking about. But before we get into those three main topics, <clears throat> let's get into, according to Pandora, the 10 scariest songs of all time. Again, I'm filming, I'm recording on Halloween, and I kind of want it to coincide with Day of the Dead. So let's do, why, why not both, right? We got... So Revolver released this article by Pandora. So Pandora says these are the top 10 scariest songs of all time. And I'm guessing this is, I'm not sure how the fuck they determined it. 
Um, Pandora's Music Genome Project studied thousands of tunes around areas including song construction, production, sounds, and mood to determine their top 10. So here are the top 10. Um, scariest songs. And there's no specific list, so let's just go by what there are. Now, whether you agree or disagree, and I don't even know some of these songs, so I'll, I'm not even going to say much on this one. This is interesting. Uh, we have Nine Inch Nails, The Becoming. Um, the Pixies, interesting. Uh, the Happening, another interesting one. Bauhaus, uh, Dark Entries. Joy Division, Transmission. Lamb of God, Contractor. This that, really? Okay. Tool, Enema. Um, Nirvana, Heart Shape box interesting corn bottle up bottled up inside a perfect circle thinking of you white chapel eternal refuge that's uh quite a list i just thought a little that's, that's fucking weird i'll be honest with you did not expect that <clears throat> however let's keep the spookiness going we have 31 of the uh, scariest album covers now, again, like I mentioned before, pretend this is a YouTube video that you're just listening to and you can't, you know, you got to envision it yourself. <laughs> uh, uh, let's not go through all of them, but let's go through some of them. All right. So acid bath when the kite string pops. Uh, yes, I would say this one's creepy and because it's John Wayne Gacy. Um, I'm not sure if it's literally his. Um but definitely with his um, basically a tribute, I would say, or something like that. Let's see. Autopsy, Severed, Surv uh, severed Survival. Yeah, I, I would say this is pretty creepy. Uh, this is the censored version where they're, all the doctors are looking down at you. You're the patient looking up. And they're just like slicing and chopping away at you. That's pretty creepy. I, I would say the Black Sabbath Black Sabbath uh, album is pretty creepy with the lady by the the river and the house in the back. Um, the color tones and, and, and just is really cool. Um, Bruce Dickinson, Accident of Birth. I'm going to say new. Cannibal Corpse, Butchered, Butchered at Birth. This is an amazing album cover. Um, scary or creepy... Sure, I, th I would say this is to the average, uh, to the normie. This would be kind of scary, I guess, seeing some <laughs> fucking butch chopped apart. And you see the little fucking babies hanging in the back. Uh, cattle decapitation, humanure, fucking brilliant. Uh, it's gross. I don't know about scary of all time. Coffins, triple uh, X manic, the cracks of doom split. No, it's not. It's, it's all right, I guess. Death, leprosy, scary? Not so much, I would say. Um, it's creepy, but it's not terrifying. I mean, it's all right. Uh, Death Spell Omega. See Momentum. Something, something. I don't know how to say their name, uh, the full name. It's basically a angelic fetus on top of the world or something. Eh, it's all right, I guess. Not really scary. Deeds of Flesh, Inbreeding the Anthropopagagi. I don't know how you say that, guys. Thanks. I don't even know how you would say that, but 
It's not creepy at all. Destruction. Release from agony. That's pretty fucking creepy looking. That creature. Two eyes in your hands. That's actually really cool. Um, what else? Impaled Mondo Medical. Medical. That's pretty cool. It's not really scary. Fear of the Fear of the Dark. I mean, no. Come on, dude. That's just a freaking cartoon. Uh, Corn first album with the guy in the back and the hooks in the hands. I mean, it's all right. It's whatever. Um, what else is here? Marduk Nightwing. That's scary because it's fucking ugly. That's what it is. <laughs> Let's see. Mayhem's Chimera. Nope. Not scary. Uh, Pig Destroyer. Prowler in the Yard. I mean, if you're fucking normie, I guess that's scary. What else? Uh, come on, man. Skid System. Slayer. Hella weights. Hella weights, bro. Been, been lifting. Uh, no, unsane, no, all right, all right, you guys, enough is enough, no, what was, what, it, what, the cover art that does get to me that I think is creepy or whatever is one of, um, some of the old carcass, some of the old carcass album covers are pretty fucking gross and disgusting, so, those for me, are the winners anything like that or, or where they have like brujerias uh, where the heads chopped um came off the person from getting hit by a train anything anything like that to me is what's fucking scary because that shit's real you know um and again let's do one more list 14 bands associated with satanism or witchcraft um some stuff like that. And again, these are all, some of these are like Loudwire. Um, I feel like some of these are so, they're so fucking full of shit with a lot of these. Like the first one here. Uh, so the Erna from Godsmack, he is uh, openly Wiccan. And it's just like, whatever. That's not really a big deal. Um, who is Ash Costello, New Year's Day's. New Year, New Year days, New Year's days, Ash Costello, another practicing Wiccan. Uh, David Bowie. Um, was interested in the occult. Thanks. That's it. That's all you have. Uh, Gorgoroth. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Huntress. Jill Janice. Um. She was okay. She just likes to trip in the woods with on shrooms. That's the type of witch that she is. So she's not a witch. She's not a Wiccan or a Satanist. Watain. Well, yeah, they're say they're they're openly satanic. Uh, Led Zeppelin's Jimmy Page. He bought owned a ton of Crowley manuscripts. Purchased the Bullskin House in Scotland, which Crowley had once resided. Um, and yeah, Megadeth's Dave Mustaine got into black magic as a teenager, but we all know he is a born again Christian now. Well, this is interesting. Uh, Blink 182, Matt Skiba. Skiba. 
he is uh, apparently claims he practiced black magic. He considers himself a pagan and a witch. Don't we all? Blood ceremony. They they're describe their music as flute tinged witch rock, uh, vintage hard rock riffing. <laughs> uh, they have interest in the occult. I wouldn't say anything more than that. Behemoth, uh, yeah, I guess uh, Nergal. Some satanic stuff going on there. Elvis ain't got you know. Elvis is not a satanist. What are you talking about? The occult. I think is you're talking about his hips. That's what you guys are talking about. King Diamond is a Levian satanist. Twin Temple. Never heard of them. Also practice satanism. Well, some of those were pretty predictable and pretty fucking boring, I have to say. Well, anyways, so let's move on to our one of the three main topics that I was wanting to talk about. We have Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead, which today we'll do tribute to past metalheads, metalheads that I have passed away. Um, and we'll... There is no specific order for some of these. And it's just, it's really just to remember them, um, to remember some of the people that we've lost in the past and um, musicians, basically. Um, Which, by the way, who would you bring back? Who would, I, I, I'm going to start with Chuck Schuldiner from Death. Um, I would want to say that he was, Ahead of the game, ahead of his time, I'm interested to see what he would have done. I wonder if he would have, I mean, I wonder what he would have done for real. Because it sounded like he was practicing clean, his clean vocals and um, on the sign of perseverance when he did the painkillers, um, painkiller cover. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'm wondering what the fuck he would have done. Another person that we I want to pay tribute to is Peter Steele. You know, I'm not I'm openly not a big fan of uh, of uh, typo negative, but I feel like Peter Steele was such a fucking character. He was such a his humor was so fucking weird. Um, you know, I could tell that he liked a good a good poop joke, a good dick and fart joke. Um, you know, he was a garbage man. Come on, get out of here! Like he's he's. That was a person who has his feet firmly on the earth and a good head on his shoulders. You know what I mean? I, I like that about him. Um, people really miss him. And I mean, I could see why. Um, Jeff Hanneman is another another dude that I wish uh, I wanted to pay tribute to. Uh, I know in the past it was very spoken that um, I wasn't a big, big fan of Slayer. I'm still not a big fan of Slayer, but at least now it's funny because it's compared to what is available now. I'd prefer just to listen to the stuff from the 80s because um, it's just a little different. Um, I mean, it's just the same thing with Metallica. The early stuff is it's, it's just way better than their later era. Um, but I do feel like I wonder what would have happened if he would have stayed around, you know, if he would have, um, if they would have caught all that stuff early and 
you know, he would have made albums with Slayer and Gary would have stayed with, you know, Exodus and they would have done their own thing. Just curious to see how that would have turned out. And I mean, now he Gary's back with Exodus, you know, of course. Um, <clears throat> Eddie Van Halen. A lot of these guys, I mean, it's fuck. This is what fucking sucks about the whole thing. A lot of these dudes, this shit, none of this shit had to have happened. You know, Chuck from Cancer. I mean, some of this stuff just should not have happened. Eddie Van Halen, and because they're, I mean, insane guitarists, Randy Rhodes, both of them. I feel like that's just something that should not have fucking happened. Um, but yeah. Another sing the praises to you know Eddie Van Halen and, and, and Randy Rhodes. Those guys are just, you know, amazing dudes and amazing musicians. Definitely kind of similar in their, you know, pitch harmonics or just kind of like the way they played. But, I mean, in, in a virtualistic way, I'm not saying that they're both the same type of guitarists. Um and, and and while we're at it, while we're adding guitarists and adding drummers, let's add Nick Menza of Megadeth, you know. I mean, his Rust in Peace countdown, I mean, Rust in Peace to me is just absolutely fucking a masterpiece of an album. It's a fucking monster. It's a behemoth, dude. It's so fucking heavy. It's, it's beautiful. Um, Neil Peart, man, Rush, dude, get out of here. That's another guy that, I mean, this shit, I fucking hate. That you know stuff like that happens, and it, they it takes away people from us way before it should have, you know, that they should have passed. Um, I mean, I mean, what do I know? But still, like, it's it's a fucking bummer. Uh, I think the person there are two people that I wish that would have really. I wonder what would have happened if they stuck around. Dio and Lemmy. I think Dio is absolutely was a fucking sweetheart. And you know Lemmy was too. Teddy Bear. Funniest stories ever. I would I would love to just sit and hang out and just let him fucking tell all the stories from the road. Just crazy stories from, you know, maybe when he was younger and he was like you know, picking up speed or like just, you know, just fucking crazy stories. I know he would have told so many. Um, and, and our, and, and it's, it's crazy. Cause I feel like we need a motorhead album. Like it feels, it feels like it's time. Like it's, we need a motorhead album. And I mean, he's not here, you know, it's, it sucks. Uh, I feel like Lemmy would put a lot of, Set a lot of people straight, you know, a lot of shit in the fucking news, uh, metal news and people bashing each other and whatnot and whatever. But <clears throat> I want to say that's my Dia de los Muertos tribute to our fallen comrades. And let's not forget them and any other metal brother that we've lost. So, songs I wish I wrote. I have a shit ton of songs that I wish that I had wrote. With that being said, I didn't want to blow my load on just this. Um, 
I might have a potential full-on episode. Um, just about that. So let me see if I can give away. Uh, I'm not going to really talk about all the episodes that we're going to be doing. Um, but, um, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't talk about it. So <laughs> they're going to stay secret. However, I did want to mention before we move on further. Since it's Halloween and tomorrow is Day of the Dead, which is actually today. You guys are listening today. Um, I wanted to let you know that if you have not heard, I actually released a horror movie episode with YouTuber Dark Hymns from the Cold North. Uh, super fucking amazing. Nicest dude, Eli. Um, we talked about some of our favorite horror movies and some of the favorite horror movies that we'd like to watch, especially during... The spooky season, which is October. Obviously, we watch scary movies or horror movies or gore films all year. But some of these kind of hit just right during October. Uh, real quick, my list. Uh, Return of the Living Dead. The Thing. Dead Alive. Night of the Living Dead, the 1990 remake. The Night of the Creeps. From Beyond... And Reanimator, of course. Evil Dead, one and two, and three. <laughs> Army of Darkness, uh, Creep Show, one and two, and the OG. I mean, obviously, people like The Exorcist. Yeah, that's cool. But I prefer the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, with that being said, here are some of my favorite modern horror movies that I think are a a good, really good horror movies. Um, Hereditary. The Visit. Psycho Gorman. Get the fuck out of here. This is such a fucking gem. It's so funny and stupid and silly, but mostly dumb. Um, The Taking of Deborah Logan, another fucking great film. And then Wreck, R-E-C, Wreck. Another great, it's a fun footage film. The Spanish versions. So fucking crazy and over the top. So, anyways, let's go on with what I was talking about. Um, That was episode 130, by the way. If you guys want to check out some of the horror movies, um, would be um, the episode would be. It's a fucking great one too, man. Eli's a fucking trip, man. We we talked so much about different music and stuff like that, progressive to black metal to everything. So, check that one out. Um, so songs that I wish I wrote, I feel like these are songs that, um, I feel like, I don't know, like I have some sort of like connection to them where it, it brings out certain emotion, I would say. And I feel like because of that, there is that connection to it. Um, so I'm going to go with three songs again. I will eventually do a full episode probably. Um, so in flames dreamscape, um, that's off the, I believe that's the lunar strain. Let me see if I can find that dreamscape. Is it going to play? I don't know, I just love the riffs, dude. 
It sounds cool, man. And it kind of goes up and down. I don't know. It's really cool, man. It's really cool. I fucking love that one. I would just... It's something about the fucking riffs, dude. That just kind of sticks to me. Um, of course, this other one... Is another song that kind of sticks to me. And this from... From Death Clock. Thunder Horse. This fucking riff is what did it. Right here. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. And I, th- I believe Gene Hoagland was doing drums on that album. I'm not sure. But Brendan Small, I mean, is... I mean... If you ever watch home movies or, uh, you know, the the cartoon, the Death Clock cartoon, uh, Metalocalypse. I mean, <laughs> is a talented dude, man. <laughs> home movies is a whole, <laughs> it's a whole thing you got to watch by yourself. Like, it's really fun. Um, and, but, I mean, when he did Metalocalypse, it was just fucking game over. And it was only, it was funny because, like, it was so good. And, like, I remember working as a substitute a long time ago. And I remember hearing all these teenagers, like, talking about the show. And it's like, I felt kind of like a gatekeeper. And I was like, you know, what do you know about this? You don't know anything. You don't know anything about Demi Burger. Shut up. Like, you know, I kind of felt all fucking, all offended by these fools. And, like, um... And now it's like you don't. Now you don't fucking hear a lot of teenagers talking about metal at all. So I know they're there. I know they're out there, but we're few and far between, I suppose. Um, this next one, this next song that I really wish that I had wrote, um, is from Dark Throne, and it was when they were doing this punk, their whole punk thing. Um, and it's called I Am The Working Class. This one I really love because it's just ri- ridiculous. The, the 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 punk attitude, the message, I am the working class, you know. You know, each day I bust my balls to get paid. Just the lyrics alone, um, I just I just love it, you know. It's one of those songs where it, it speaks to me. The riffs are fucking great. The uh, progressions are great. Uh, I do think it's a little long at five or six minutes, I think. If they would have just cut it shorter, it would have been even better. Uh, It's still a 10 out of 10. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, definitely is something I wish I would have written. So here's a... um, So... 
okay, so I wanted to get into again. I, I might not, it might not turn into a full episode, but so this whole idea of anybody else is interested into to neo folk n e o neo folk or dark folk, the, you know, it's interesting because it's kind of like this super strange atmospheric world. I'm sure I'm like most certain that fucking Nick Cave and maybe Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds had a lot to do with creating this sort of style of not, not creating, but the the whole idea of, of this sort of very somber, really fucking depressive sort of music. Um, my first introduction to stuff like this would have been through Agaloc, but it really wasn't Agaloc. Agaloc actually was already, they were already doing stuff that was neo-folk in nature. So if you listen to The Mantle, for example, that was already, they were already basically doing neo-folk music at that point. It wasn't full-blown, but it was very fucking influenced by. Um, <clears throat> when you hear bands like Ulver and you hear Imperium, those bands are clearly taking the torch to do something like that. They were at least uh, over. Over has gone off the deep end. They're doing all kinds of electronics and experimenting and stuff like that, which it's, you know, good for them. I think that's great because except for Opeth, everyone can stay stagnant, you know? <laughs> uh, I don't know. But for me, Agalock was one of the, some of the first bands that I knew that was definitely influenced by the neo-folk scene. And then, in turn, I was like, what is this that, you know, what other, what kind of music else is out there that, you know, that I'm missing, that I'm missing out on? And so, without a doubt, I started looking for stuff. I honestly didn't know what to look for. Um, but it kind of happened by accident when I saw that they were covering Kneel to the Cross by Sol Invictus. And that was my first stepping stone into going into this whole neo-folk music scene. Um, because from there, I discovered bands like Son Hegel, Darkwood. Um, and I think right now, the three bands that I would recommend everyone listening to, if you're interested in this kind of music at all, it is not for everybody because it's acoustic based. It's strumming. It's a shitload of strumming. It's very atmospheric. It's very fucking depressing. It's strange because there's also this sense of like this, in some cases, very militant, almost anarchist, but fucking weird, but not. I don't know how to explain it, but there's just something fucking like bunker style. You know, you're hiding in a fucking bunker, you know, like there's just something weird about this music. Um... And when I heard um, Death in June, man, Death in June is one of the big bands out there. Um, let me go to some of their albums. Death in June is very interesting because they are not just a one. They're not just layered um, and or you can't just really see them for one thing. <clears throat> They have different albums. Um, it's sometimes it's like new wave or like goth or like synth wave or whatever, but everything is mixed in and it's acoustic. And I mean, the dudes, uh, the cover art is amazing. 
There's an album from 1985. Nada. The Calling. Actually, what we'll do is we'll do it proper, guys. For for Death in June, we'll put a real tune right now. Actually, we'll put the actual tune on, which is called The Calling. And it's, just called, it's off the Nada, N-A-D-A album from 1985. Check it out.
the other band that I was uh, introduced to or I, I came across was a band that I think a lot of people really know now, I think. And he's gone on tour. I believe he's from Washington. He's gone on tour for quite a bit extensively. Um, uh, King Dude, man. <laughs> Ridiculous fucking name, but a great fucking musician. There's something fucking like really sexual and sensual about the music that this guy makes. Um, you have albums that came out like Sex, for example, or Songs of Flesh and Blood in the Key of Light. I love that one. That was great. Um, love. Um the one that was really great that really surprised the shit out of me it was like uh, it was like a, like a collaboration i would say black rider on the storm now this album's so fucking good and it's it's three different i mean it looks like it's three different artists king dude their blue tarts i don't know how to say it and the infinite church of the leading hand really fucking good uh they just did a new album called death came out this year um but let's check out Songs of Flesh and Blood in the Key of Light. Black blood, Black Butterfly. Once upon a time you lived upon a rose 
So what's interesting is um, the to me the reigning number one band of all would be of the one and the moon. To me, they're easily the band who who takes this to all the different levels. Of the Wand and the Moon, the first album that I heard from them was called Lucifer. And I was laughing my ass off because I was trying to figure out what the fuck is that on the album cover. And I believe it's Kim Larson's cat or someone's fucking cat that's on the cover. And I'm like, that makes fucking sense. You see his little eyes and his nose and shit and his whiskers. It's pretty fucking funny. Um, this, there's just this sense of fucking misery, and I love. There's a song called, um, "Is it a toast to misery?" Um, what is it? Let me see if I can find that. Emptiness, emptiness, emptiness. Here's a to- here's to, to here's to misery. A toast, and you. I mean, you can't. <laughs> Some of the songs are fucking crazy. Silver Rain, Lost in Emptiness, My Devotion Will Never Fade, really good. Um, oh, I love We Are Dust and Dirt Nap Stories. It's like Dying on Christmas Day, the single. So fucking good. And I know Gonzo knows that one. Super depressing. Um, but that Lucifer album to me is fucking stellar and beautiful. And it's mesmerizing because of the acoustic that's just repetitive. And it really, really brings out... Um, it, it puts you in a trance. Um, but Regan, Regan, Megan Runar, time, time, time. Um, follow the fair sun, unhappy. Um, let's see, unhappy, unhappy shadow. Say, I believe that's a poem by, I forgot who, and, might be Yeats or Yates or, or I'm not sure. Um, but Lucifer is a great album. And I put the cover on the very intro was Sunspot, The Lone Descent. Um, good shit, man. I think for our purposes, we will listen to Like Wolves. And this is from the album Sonnenheim. From 2005. Check it out.
we have rolled that beautiful bean footage, people. And I really want to say thank you to everybody, those who stuck around. I did want to say, for those who did stick around, uh, if you know anybody who's very well versed in metal and is interested in doing podcasting, uh, reach out to me. I'm looking for another co-host, someone more permanent that we can get this ball rolling because I have tons and tons of ideas. I just need personnel. I need people to bring these out and complete these. So serious inquiries only and very well versed in different varieties of metal and genres and stuff like that. Reach out to me at metal pot, uh, that metal podcast one at gmail.com. And I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I really put a lot of thought into some of the, uh, some of the songs, especially. Um, but with that being said, buy the ticket, take the fucking ride. See ya.